0: Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me Carl Henry in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks in this week's show we'll be discussing all things skin health with consultant dermatologist professor Nikki Ralph. From acne to how to protect against skin cancer we're covering absolutely everything. As skincare is becoming more and more popular, with 54% of people in Ireland suffering with a skin issue, we're going to find out about the causes and the treatments and the most common concerns people have. Nicolette, welcome to the show. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having me, girl. This is going to be really popular, I think. It's a big topic. Uh, it's become more and more popular in terms of what people are writing about and talking about in the press. I think it's really important to have a topic like this on the podcast. Um, people are aware of it and partake in it, but what are the most common skin conditions people deal with? I know that's a really big question to open up.
1: Yeah, no, I suppose there are so many because there are somewhere between two and a half thousand and three thousand different skin conditions uh, worldwide. But I suppose the the commonest diseases that would affect the skin uh, worldwide would be acne, eczema, psoriasis and skin cancer. So they would be the most um, common conditions that I would see coming into my clinic on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, if you're to look back over your life, we've all suffered with, you know, a touch of teenage acne, obviously some, uh, some only minor, some more severe. Uh, and we all know someone who, who suffers with dermatitis or eczema or maybe a family member who has psoriasis or maybe someone who's had a skin cancer. So pretty much everyone knows someone who has suffered with their skin at some point.
0: And is there anything particular to, I suppose, Irish people or that Celtic complexion that we're predisposed to or it's more of a concern for Irish people?
1: Yeah, so I suppose we are high risk for skin cancer, and we also have what we call the the curse of the Celts, uh, which is rosacea. And um, so, rosacea is a chronic inflammatory skin condition that normally has an adult onset. So, the commonest peak is in your thirties and forties, where you develop redness on the face, particularly the cheeks, the nose, centre forehead, centre chin, and you may get spots, so little red papules or little whiteheads uh, in that location too. And and patients would tell you that they have a tendency to flush. So, particularly if they you know they were a bit stressed or they in a warm environment they had a glass of wine you know they went for a run that they have redness of their face so that's that's what we call the curse of the celt and that would affect about one in 10 irish adults um so so very very common Uh, and often you know patients would certainly say you know my my dad has a tendency to have a high color or be red Um, so a lot of a lot of people seeking um, treatment for that in the last 2 years so there's been a lot of flares of of not only body skin conditions but particularly uh, the skin that uh, on your face because of mask wearing we've seen a lot of triggers uh, not only just of maskne but of of acne of of dermatitis oh i love maskne. that <laughs> yeah so and it's true it's not a, a makey uppy term um, we we added the m in front of, of of acne but it's definitely maskne um and we've seen a lot of that even in patients who didn't previously suffer with acne uh, unfortunately because of you know the constant use of of masks which obviously have a very important benefit to all of us but we've seen a lot of people presenting with the first time uh, onset of acne having never had it before particularly frontline workers particularly in 2020 when you know the masks were just constant you know 12 14 hour shifts and and constantly having this friction on your skin and really the mask created the perfect environment you had the humidity uh, behind the mask which is great for bacterial growth and then you have the friction of the mask rubbing off that top layer of your skin which is stimulating the oil glands so it's basically the perfect microenvironment for bacteria to grow and that's why uh, lots of people have suffered with masking in the last two years
0: and let's stay with that for a sec so if anyone listening in is suffering from that what do they do uh do you change your mask is there a certain type of mask do you uh, yeah you know what's the best thing to deal with it
1: So there are plenty of little tips, I suppose, for for those who have to wear it all the time. It doesn't really affect someone who's just going to the shop for 15 minutes as much as someone who's in it for prolonged periods of time. Um, But I mean, ideally, you're going to have a clean mask every day. So if you're a frontline worker, unfortunately, you do have to wear the tighter fitting masks because they are more protective. Uh, And certainly the tighter fitting masks do create more friction on the skin. So, you know, if you don't, if you're not a frontline worker and you don't have to wear the tight fitting one, certainly silk masks or material or cotton masks are more gentle on the skin moving up to the surgical mask is a little bit more tight fitting and then the ffp2s or the, uh, or the kn95s are the tightest fitting so you've definitely seen more more severe masking in those with the tighter fitting masks so if you don't have to wear them wear where you know a, a lighter fitting one change it daily so certainly if you're going to use a surgical mask you have to have a clean one every single day and if you're going to use material you have to wash it and have a clean one every day and um, if you can avoid wearing makeup underneath them and take breaks definitely wear avoid the makeup uh, to let your skin breathe and and Absolutely, have to wash your wash your face every night before bedtime. So ideally, a double cleanse where you're using something like a micellar water to break up the oil that's built up over the day, the dead skin cells, the you know the SPF you might be wearing, the makeup, and then a creamy cleanser for those with more sensitive skin, or a foaming or gel cleanser for those with more oily skin. Um, so every single night, and a clean pillow every single week because all of our oil and our dead skin cells builds up. So change your pillowcase as well.
0: A clean pillow. I shot to people on Instagram about you know who bring your mattress and so follows time i actually never thought about the pillow but you're totally right because that, that's where the, the dead skin cells they're gonna yeah. hang out there they're gonna live yeah
1: there. you know eight to ten hours you're lucky enough to get that much sleep <laughs> and your skin is in contact with that pillow so definitely clean pillowcase and don't and for anyone who wears makeup to so don't forget to wash your makeup brushes you know they sit in the bottom of our makeup bag you just throw them in day after day covered in bacteria so definitely wash them once a week if possible as well there's a lot
0: of cleaning and washing going on here at the start You're of this episode. High entrance, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Talk to you about rosacea then. What caused it and what can you do to prevent it or treat it? Talk us through that. Yeah,
1: sure. So it's multifactorial. Um, so there's a genetic predisposition position to it as I said about 1 in 10 Irish adults so you may have a family member before you who suffer with it. Um, there is definitely an interaction between bacteria on the skin surface and a mite called Demodex. So we all have we all have millions of bacteria on our skin and we also have this mite. Uh, but funnily enough patients who suffer with rosacea don't have millions more of this mite on their skin compared to somebody who doesn't. Uh, UV light triggers it so the most important thing is hail, rain or snow wear your sunscreen 365 days a year. Um, I think A lot of Irish people unfortunately think that, you know, it has to be clear blue sky, 25 degrees in order to get either sun damage from a skin cancer point of view or trigger the rosacea. But when you look at the studies and the physics behind it, the only month of the year that you can't really get UV damage in Ireland is January. And then every other month there is enough UV which is coming through your window when you're driving your car. You know, a lot of people working from home in the last two years sitting beside a window and they may notice that the rosacea is worse on the right side of their face. That's the side we drive, um, or you know they they may notice that they they're getting more skin cancers on the right side of their face because of, of the UV that comes through through glass. So UVA A for all year, so it's present all year round, and it does come through glass. So it's not only important when you're going for your walk or exercising or playing golf when you're outside to put on your sunscreen. It's it's all year round. So that that's the most important thing. Unfortunately, there isn't a cure for rosacea where you you know you take a tablet for a month or you put a cream on for a month. It is about maintenance. So most patients will be using their broad spectrum physical or min- mineral sunscreen every single morning and reapplying it obviously in, in the warmer better weather and then they would often be prescribed a, pres- a prescription topical antibiotic or topical antiparasitic as well as taking oral tetracycline antibiotics to bring that initial flare under control and then the best treatment for the redness which is the f- where people see flushing they have those broken capillaries across their, their cheeks and their nose is IPL or intense pulse light. So it's not a true laser but it's working by kind of constricting then those blood vessels and then if you don't have the blood Vessels, you don't have this permanent redness, and then you don't flush as easily if you get warm or, or, or stressed, for example.
0: Okay, lots to take in there. Absolutely, but it, it, it's, it's very, it's very, very common. It's one in ten, I think you were saying, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, super common, and I think you know a lot more men presenting with it. In the last two years, because obviously we, we get up in the morning, you have your shower, you brush your teeth, you're out the door, you tended not to look at yourself for another 12 hours until you you know you brush your teeth later on that night. Now everyone's on Microsoft Teams, Zoom, they're they're basically like in the mirror all day looking at themselves. So a lot more people realizing, God, you know, I do have a tendency to go red, or you know, I'm making a presentation and it looks like I'm nervous when actually I'm not. Um, so a lot more men seeking seeking IPL in the last two years for sure.
0: And that's been been, been that 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 term has been coined, hasn't it? It's the zoom boom of the fact that we're looking at each other we're looking at ourselves all the time now and we're noticing things about our skin that either we're not happy with or we want to change or to get treated are you seeing that in the clinic
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, it, it's not just, you know, we've seen a lot more flares of patients with their psoriasis and their dermatitis because unfortunately, stress has a significant impact on skin conditions. So if you get particularly stressed, and I mean, the last two years have been so stressful for people that your general, uh, you know, your eczema or your psoriasis will flare. But certainly with the mask wearing, it's been particularly bad uh, uh, for people on their faces. And then, of course, when you're looking at people all day and, you know, your flare of your face, it really has a negative impact on your, your quality of life. Uh, and when, when you look it's chronic skin conditions, whether it's, you know, acne in particular, if you do somebody's quality of life index, it's basically a questionnaire of seeing how much a skin condition impacts on them. It's just as significant as having diabetes or asthma or epilepsy. But yes, you know, if someone said, you know, oh, I have epilepsy, you think would have more of an impact than acne, but acne is, is just as much and a huge amount of people affected by it.
0: Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, association with Leia Healthcare. We're chatting all things skin care. I'm particularly fascinated in this topic, and this conversation came about because I went to see uh, Nikki because I had a dodgy mole on my arm that I really wasn't happy with. It looked kind of angry, and I went to my GP, and I said, what's the crack here? And they said, you need to go get the teens are fairly lively, and I went in to Nikki. So I want to take the conversation towards skin cancer now, and I suppose starting with that point, which is getting to know your body, getting to know the moles on your body, and keeping an eye on them on a regular basis because it all begins there, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, self-surveillance is the most important thing. So getting to know, as you said, your own skin, where your moles are. We all have moles. Um, and we we start developing. We're either born with them or we develop them in childhood. So we can still get new moles roughly into our late 30s. But after that, you shouldn't be developing significant number of moles. And it really ranges with, with families. Some families make hardly any moles and then some families have a lot of moles and some families do have a what we call a dysplastic atypical type of mole so it may not look, look a perfect shape and color and they're the patients who need to really check in with their gp and then potentially a dermatologist who's having someone else look at them regularly particularly if you have a significant number so if you've over 50 moles you'd be at slightly higher risk of developing a skin cancer and unfortunately for irish people three out of four irish people have what we call fitzpatrick skin type one or two which is a, a tendency to to burn and never tan or burn first and then tan. So we are very fair, fair skin, fair eyes, fair hair uh, and a tendency to, as I said, freckle or burn rather than tan. So most of our damage is done before the age of 20 when, you know, we, we went out we didn't put our sunscreen on like we were told and, and we come back in burnt and we put yogurt and everything on to man tried to cool our skin down but sunbeds is another thing to to absolutely avoid and even even one sunbed before the age of 35 increases your risk by 60 percent of developing melanoma and uh, not to mention the other skin cancers so the most common skin cancers are called non-melanoma skin cancers uh, and they the, the commonest two within that group would be basal cell carcinomas or bcc for short or squamous cell carcinomas or SCC. for short and there are about 13 and a half thousand cases of non-melanoma skin cancer in ireland every year and about 1100 melanoma skin cancers and the national cancer registry in ireland actually unfortunately predicts that that's going to double by 2040 so we're not out of the woods yet Uh, so it's only going to get worse in the sense of the numbers so it's so important that this current generation, you know, who are having young children that they protect them from the day they're born with a style of clothing, the hats, you know, covering the nape of their neck, the UV suits, reapplying the sunscreen every two to three hours. Unfortunately, for the likes of yourself and myself, we probably had a little bit more damage than we would have liked when we were younger. We had the odd sunburn, certainly blistering sunburn puts you at a higher risk. But we can definitely protect ourselves from now on. So not going out in the sun around solar noon or midday when the, when the sun is at its highest, and um, to put on your sunscreen every two hours and make sure that it's a minimum of a factor of 30 in the winter months and somewhere between 40 and 50 in the summer months and really doing your exercise at extreme times so earlier in the morning or later in the afternoon but you know coming inside when it's midday basically
0: and of course people i suppose i would have been uh one of these people who would have thought you know it's only when you lie in the sun that you're tanning and that's when you put your sun factor on and all that but if you're like me and you exercise outside a lot which i do i run yeah. i cycle i mountain bike i surf whatever i'm outside all the time And I wasn't putting on sunscreen at those times. I just wouldn't think about it because like that, the light or it's the wrong time of the year or or whatever, just forget. So it is important if you are active outdoors, that it's, yeah, crucial it's not to do to with to put the, it on the there temperature.
1: Too. You know, when you're on holidays, if you're if you're in the Mediterranean, you know, you, you can feel that it's 25 or 30 degrees. You're going to put your sunscreen on. Uh, and most of us actually underuse sunscreen. We tend to bring that one bottle on holidays. It seems to go on everyone and then you still bring the same bottle home. So certainly too little sunscreen. But really a shot glass, a full shot glass is what an application would be for a whole body. And then that should be reapplied every every two, two hours or so. So if you were to think of only sunscreen as your protection, it's the most expensive form of protection for your skin. Whereas seeking the shade, wearing a hat, covering up, that's the cheapest form. Clothing is actually the cheapest, but none of us really like to do that because it's not really cool to wear a wide brim hat. It's just better to get your tan. And there's no there's no point in saying you don't look better. When you're younger, you do look healthier when you have a tan, but unfortunately a tan is just damage. It's those cells lining up on the top layer of your skin, trying to protect yourself uh, like a little army underneath. So the darker you are with your tan, the more damage you've done. Uh, And it's only when we get older uh, that unfortunately our skin looks more leathery and it's tougher and that's the the UV damage over the years. So none of us really want to look like that when we get older, but yes, we're kind of willing to take the risk when we're younger. But. the self tan is the only way to go. So your your self tan or fake tan, certainly not not a real tan, and certainly not sunbeds.
0: I won't be going the fake tan route. That's for sure. No. <laughs> so I, I want to bring people through this process because I was I'm I'm intrigued. I'm at that age. now, forty. I'm going. You know, I'm, I'm I'm looking after. I always looked after my body. I'm looking after myself and now. It's important to look at these things. I saw a dodgy mole. Didn't like the look of it. GP sent me into yourself. chat people through that process of white because a lot of people have the kind of white coat syndrome or the fear of if i go in oh it's scary or it's whatever and i think in terms of skin cancer and reducing that the stigma around that it isn't that at all you just basically go to someone like yourself they will check all the molds in your body and then if needs be they'll take it further
1: yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you'd basically come in, we'd have a chat, kind of gauge what risks you have. Are you a particularly moly person? Has there been somebody in your family who's had a skin cancer? Are you an outdoors person? Did you have sunburn as a child? Did you use sunbeds? Uh, do you go on regular sun holidays? So I'll be gauging your kind of risk based on those questions. And then we are going to do full skin exam. And I think that's people kind of get a little bit embarrassed. Uh, you know, some people would like to be covered up with a gown. But the problem is if we cover you up with a gown. <laughs> we might miss something, you know, if you don't lift your arm properly. <laughs> You in know, all fairness, you
0: know. for the for the are in, folks, having gone through this experience, you stand there in your boxers or in your underwear on the doctor. And will... a mask. And Don't forget a, the mask. mask. that make it even more unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the last
1: two years has been a bit funny. But and yeah, you, you I, are. And you're so funny with
0: a light and a magnifying glass in one yokey going around looking at all your moles. And it isn't yes. as scary as it sounds. Trust me, I haven't no. been through it. It isn't that bad.
1: But really, uh, you know, as a dermatologist, everyone thinks, you know, you're being, you're stood there and you're being stared at. But my job is to focus right in, you know, on each mole. And I'm focusing on every area and checking the pattern, what the pigment looks like, you know, are there abnormal blood vessels, what the shape of your moles are. um, And then at the end, you know, you're going to educate the person as to, you know, lots of people, most people come in and they have normal mole checks and everything's fine. And you can be reassured. Sometimes lesions are totally benign. They're not even a mole. You know, you can get confused between a benign thing and a mole. But lots of things in the body, unfortunately, can look brown. um. So So, you know, people get something new on their skin and they think it's a mole, but then you'll be educated how to look. So you're looking for the A, B, C, D and E of how to check for changes. So A is for asymmetry. B is for the border, so We like a smooth border, not a jagged edge. C is for the color. So you like an overall one color, not kind of pink or brown in different areas. And D is for the diameter. So roughly less than six millimeters. And then E is important. It's for evolution. So if somebody sees something either brand new on their body or something they've had forever, but it's starting to change with the shape, the size, the color, then absolutely go to their GP and get checked and you know sometimes the GP will be able to say to them straight away absolutely fine nothing to worry about or then they may be sent on to a dermatologist for, for a checkup and there are lots of people where we take moles off because they they're ticking boxes that they look irregular but they can still come back benign so even if we take a mole off and it says it's mildly changing it's moderately changing it's severely changing before it ever becomes melanoma, that's still considered benign, but we may sometimes go back and do a second surgery, which is all you know done under local anesthetic. So you're in and out in a few minutes, just to make sure that that mole never comes back and causes you any, any problem in, in the future. So the most important thing to say to your listeners is that majority of skin cancers are fully curable when you catch them early. So it's early det- detection that's the most important.
0: I think we just taken this thing out of the whole the whole worry that people may have there. At least I hope we certainly have. And if you have any any uh any, it's any men who are scared of this, this kind of stuff. If they're listening in, send the episode on to them because haven't been through it and haven't had you know haven't had the the mole removed and go back for the second check. I can assure you it isn't as scary or as worrying. It's just the peace of mind of having yourself checked out which is important. I want I want to pull back to uh makeup and for women who are wearing makeup in terms of how often should they top up over the course of the day is one fact. Your 50 enough for the whole day, or just chat us through that a little bit for all the women who are listening in.
1: So I mean if it's in the winter months and you're in Ireland, you want, as I said, a minimum of a 30 um every day. And that can be applied once a day in the morning before you put your sunscreen. So I think people get confused as to which layer goes on. Is it moisturizer first? Is it sunscreen? The last thing between your skin and the sun's rays should be the sunscreen. So it's moisturizer first sunscreen and then of course you can cover your sunscreen with makeup but therein lies the dilemma how do you top that up without messing up your makeup so there are certain products from different brands and um, i suppose one of my favorite would be skin better science which has a compact which is your tinted makeup and you can dab it onto the skin so you're not quite ruining your makeup look and you can put that on throughout the day and as i said roughly every two to three hours if it's particularly sunny um, and then another brand that has a, a really nice ultra light it's called you can actually spray it on over and it doesn't make all your makeup run but yes if you are going to be out for hours and hours and you have put your makeup on that morning and it's a really sunny day you certainly want to be topping it up and in an Irish winter you should be fine just putting it on once in the morning time.
0: One concern people may have listening in is that, you know, we've given lots of recommendations, lots of things, Is maybe the cost of that. So does healthy skin and minding your skin, is it expensive? Does it have to be expensive? And give us a kind of a sense of that.
1: No, does. I mean, it doesn't have to be expensive. In, you know, the last two years, we've had more TikTok trends and Instagram and people having these really complicated, like 10, 10 steps at night time to take your makeup off and put serums and moisturizers and anti-aging and the same thing each morning. Your whole life will be spent in front of the mirror. If you have your the money to spend on just your sunscreen. That is the most anti-aging products that you can use because 80 to 90% of your wrinkles come from UV exposure over your life. So if you just choose one product, it has to be a good sunscreen every morning. And then if you do want to look into anti-aging, Uh, you know, as we start hitting our late twenties, unfortunately we all start to get older from skin point of view, and our collagen starts to break down roughly from 28 years of age onwards, and it will be adding in a retinoid. So they're your main two things, morning and evening. And then you can just use basic moisturizers in between, you know, yes, some people prefer the texture of a serum over a moisturizer, but you don't have to go spending a lot of money on each of those individual moisturizers and, and serums. The money should be spent just on your morning sunscreen and your nighttime retinoid, and everything else in between is, you know, it's, it might be moisturizing you, but it's not going to give you anything from an anti-aging perspective or protect you from skin cancer and your sunscreen does that.
0: And chat to me around food and water. So I'm the PT. I'm always telling people, drink your water, eat your vegetables, eat your fruit, because uh, it's yes. going to be good for your health. But also it's very, very good for your skin. Am I right? Am I not right?
1: No, you know, you're right. As in, obviously, there are certain skin conditions, you know, ultimately, they're genetic. And, you know, acne would be a very good example because patients would say, I think it's just because, I, you know, I ate poorly for the last five days and I've had a breakout. Acne is genetic um, and then unfortunately our hormone surge as a teenager and then that kicks our oil glands off and and there we go. We get blocked pores which are called comedones or blackheads and then the oily skin makes the perfect environment for bacteria and then you get the pus bumps and the red spots. But yes, it's really important to have a healthy diet in that your skin needs protein to heal. And you also need fat in your diet. Now I don't mean lots of saturated fat, but healthy fats, because you actually have cholesterol ring in your skin and your surface layer. So if you want to heal up your skin and reduce breakouts, you do need a very balanced diet. So plenty of fruit and vegetables, the proper fats and not going too much with a high GI diet. So too many carbohydrates or high sugars. And certainly anyone who's kind of fallen off the wagon with their diet and gone with the takeaways regularly will say, you know, I'm having a breakout or my skin just looks dull. And um, so a, a balanced diet is important. And um, but of course if you have bad acne based on your genetics, just because you have the healthiest diet and you change everything doesn't mean unfortunately for every person that they can bring it under control. So yes, adopt your healthy diet. But if you are suffering with it, you should certainly go to your GP to to get put on some you know medical treatment to help you with your acne
0: folks every now and again we interview somebody who we could just go on and on and on and keep the episode running for another half an hour which unfortunately we don't have time for so what I am going to say we're going to do something a little bit different now if you have any skin related questions uh do send us an email realhealthindependent.ie and we may do second ep later on in the future and we'll put all those questions to Nikki if she'll come back on and join us Nikki if people want to contact you where can they find you
1: so uh, I'm based in the Institute of Dermatologists in Bullsbridge and there's actually a group there's seven of us, seven consultant dermatologists uh, in, in the one clinic. So we cover all aspects of medical and surgical dermatology and we also have the cosmetic suite. So for patients who are looking for anti-aging or a boost in their skin or, or IPL when we've covered rosacea, uh, everyone could benefit from IPL. We're, we're based in IDI in Bullsbridge.
0: Amazing and you're on Instagram as well?
1: Well, uh, absolutely so the institute of dermatologists is on instagram and uh, and i have my own personal instagram so dr nikki roth
0: fantastic nikki it's been great to catch up with you uh and thank you for all the all the work that you did in my um the moment of my arm i feel very reassured that it's safe now thank god great
1: right, delighted delighted to help and thank you so much for having me on well,
0: folks do send us in your questions by email realhealth.independent.ie that's it for another episode of real health with me carl henry in association with Leia healthcare as ever you know where we are at carl henry pt on twitter and on instagram we'll see you next week for more real health so long before. Zaya Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.